I'm Luca Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. Yeah. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the back. <laughs> Oh, welcome. You are locked on the Dallas Mavericks. That's normally uh, Nick Angstead making that intro, but Nick is taking the day off and uh, you're stuck with me today. My name is Isaac. I'm a contributor at Mavs.com and a co-host of Lockdown Mavericks. And uh, today's kind of a different pod because we normally do a podcast every Monday through Friday. But with the current situation surrounding Dennis, we've decided to do the dentist dash. So basically, we're going to drop a pod every single day in which it counts down or every single day <clears throat> until Dennis, uh, the the solution or the uh, conflict that's going on right now with the Mavericks and Dennis's agent and Dennis is resolved, whatever happens with that. So you're getting a rare Saturday pod. So it is a bonus pod in a sense. What is going to happen today is I'm going to give you a quick update because we did have some developments in uh, the Dennis saga uh, today. <clears throat> really just a couple times uh, Rick Carlisle talked to the media. but uh, So I'll go over those uh, kind of quotes and what's going on with that. And then um, the last three-fourths of the podcast is, uh, is a little different, but it is a conversation, a sit-down conversation with my dad. And <clears throat> it's kind of a, a cool conversation for myself. It was really cool for me to record. And uh, my dad is a huge NBA fan. Grew up watching the ABA uh, into the NBA. Got me loving the sport of basketball and NBA. And uh, so anyway, we talk about a lot of different things. And uh, from his childhood, listening to games on the radio growing up, and uh, we talk about Wilt and uh, Jordan in the 90s. And then we talk about um, a little bit like his perspective of the early Mavericks and how just living in Kentucky, uh, we my dad is from Kentucky and obviously I'm from Kentucky and we did not have any <coughs> pro teams uh, in any sport in Kentucky. So we'd always have to drive out of state to go to NBA games. And so anyway, his perspective of what uh, the Mavericks were back in the day and um and how the Mavericks uh, was just a normal team to him. And then like, oh, they just, they sucked back in the day. And uh, <clears throat> until obviously uh, Dirk came along. Um, but anyway, it's cool. We have some fun conversations. Uh, it's different. I, I know uh, it's different for some fans and whatever. It's, you know, a good 20, 30 minutes of us talking Mavericks and uh, NBA and stuff like that. But uh, it's cool. My dad's also a casual fan in as far as, you know, he only watches probably five to eight full Mavericks games a year. Uh, some of those are national television games, which I call him and tell him to turn the TV on. <clears throat> uh, some of them are one or two games a year, which he comes down here and uh, he travels down here, visits, and uh, I take him to a, a Mavs game. And so anyway, we went to the Warriors game, watched the Spurs game. And uh, so anyway, it's cool seeing his opinions on some of these guys that we talk about every single day and watch every single minute of that they play and seeing what he thinks of guys like Weston Matthews or Dwight Powell or Barnes and Luca and all this stuff. So anyway, it's different. Uh, I hope you enjoy it. It was really fun for me to do. And uh, you kind of get to see uh, my dad's accent, my accent, see why uh, that we're from Kentucky, if you know what I mean. But anyway, let's... uh, Let's first, let's get to the updates to the Dennis Smith Jr. situation. 
it's built up uh, heading into Friday's practice uh, because Brad, well, Brad Townsend wrote an incredible piece talking, just talking about how uh, Friday's practice was a huge uh, point in this whole situation. Will Dennis Smith Jr. show up for practice? And um, <clears throat> word came out pretty quick that he, he was not, and he, he did not come to the facility. Did not report to the facility. I think Tim McMahon um, for, was the first to report that. And um, <clears throat> now we're at uh, kind of a standoff because Dennis is sick. And Rick Hall, I talked to the media for the um, after practice today, and uh, he talked about different things. But it came out to really his update on Dennis is the one I'm going to read because it's um, – it's important, and uh, it, it, this is him talking on the situation. And he says, I don't, I don't know exactly what's going on. Uh, well, no, 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 no. Let's go back. Uh, that's a quote I'm going to uh, talk about in a little bit on the radio. This is his quote from practice. Dennis Smith is not here, but I want to let everybody know I reached out to him and his agent last night to let them know that whenever he is feeling better, he's welcome to rejoin the team at any time. We would love to have him back. In his year and a half here, he started every game that he's been available to play, and during that period of time, he has experienced significant growth on both sides of the ball. I'm very proud of the progress he's made. That's where we are. I don't expect him to be on this trip, but again, I just think he's part of this team, and we'd love to have him back. We talked about on yesterday's podcast, news uh, broke during our recording of the podcast, that he would not be traveling with the team to Indiana or Milwaukee. Um, so yeah, um, this is Rick Carl being <clears throat> point blank and simple. Whenever he is not sick, as you can tell, you you can hear my sniffles and my cough is still here after a full month. I mean, maybe I have the same sickness as as Dennis. We don't know. Um, but anyway, whenever Dennis is not sick, this is Rick Carlos' public stance of saying, "Hey, you are welcome back at any time." Uh, whoever that message is to, whether it's to Dennis or more importantly, um, to his agent. <clears throat> Rick Carlisle then goes on his weekly Friday uh, talk uh, talk show appearance with ESPN Radio, in which uh, he got very candid about the situation. And there was one quote. Listen to that whole conversation. If you don't know where, go to Mike Peasley uh, Peasley's Twitter, and uh, he tweeted out the link. I think it's Audio Boom link or something. <clears throat> Listen to that whole conversation because he talks about Dennis. He talks about how he admits he said I coach him hard and. Newsflash: We know we know Rick Carlisle likes to coach, uh, coach hard, and 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 I like that um, to an extent with you know whatever. And but uh, he talks about how because Dennis has so much talent that that is why he coaches him hard, and uh, that is it is a way for him to show respect to Dennis's game and potential. And uh, it's really unique. I like I liked that part of the interview. But anyway, he gave this quote, and this was unprompted. He was talking about something else, and he interrupted and said, I want to add this about Dennis. <clears throat> this is quote for quote Rick Carlisle on the situation on ESPN Radio. He says, I don't know exactly what's going on, but I know one thing. This kid is a team guy, and he loves being with his teammates, and he really respects his teammates. This is just my feeling, is that he's being told to stay away for whatever reason. I just don't want people out there to think he is snubbing the Mavs or anything like that. This is just my opinion. I believe there's a business stuff going on, and he's being told to stay away. Listen, if that's what they feel is best interest, he should trust his advisors, but it's unlike him not to want to be with his teammates. <clears throat> this is a twofold, uh, candid, very candid, um, very truthful statement by Carlisle. One, 
he is putting this all on the agent, it seems, and his advisors and stuff, who is calling the shots right now and uh, saying, hey, in his opinion, he <clears throat> Dennis has people around him, uh, whoever you want to say that is, that is telling him, hey, you don't need to go around the team right now until they find you a trade partner. Then he is offering praise to Dennis and saying, hey, this, is, this isn't Dennis. This is on those type of people. This isn't on Dennis. He wants to be with his teammates. He is an ultimate competitor and team uh, teammate. And uh, so he's praising Dennis, but also um, putting the blame on his representatives and agent and all that stuff uh, at the same time. Anyway, very candid, very um, interesting that Carlo would go out and say that because uh, normally uh, they're very strategic and there's a reason for everything. But uh, I really like that he said that and uh, it was cool for us to hear. So that's your update on Dennis uh, Dennis Day 5 Trade Watch. Uh, I feel like sometimes I'm, we're doing like a daily log and like a I Am Legend or something. But uh, anyway, that's the update on the Dennis Smith situation. They're traveling to Indiana. We just got there on Friday night as I'm recording this. Dennis is not with them, obviously, on the trip. We'll see if something happens uh, throughout the road trip. Uh, I will add in, it said Wesley Matthews is questionable for the game on Saturday night. I think it's his wrist. Um, but... Uh, we'll see if anything transpires over the weekend. The next home game is going to be on Tuesday. So um, they kind of have a day off in between Indiana and Milwaukee. They play Milwaukee on Martin Luther King Day, and uh, then they come home to play on Tuesday. So <clears throat> we'll see if anything happens uh, until Tuesday, and then we'll see if Dennis is in the house for Tuesday night. But that is your update on the Dismiss situation. Now let's get to my conversation with my dad. And if – you need a podcast for the weekend. You're chilling. You can uh, you can listen to my dad and I talk about uh, ABA, Dr. J, Wilt, uh, Dirk, early Mavs, current Mavs, Luca, and all of that. At the very end, I ask him uh, to to help us decide on the Luca's nickname, and uh, I have to agree with him on what he chose for that. So anyway. Uh, it's different and it's uh, unique for our podcast, but I hope you enjoy it. It meant a lot to me. Here's my conversation with my dad. All right. I built him up. I talked about him and now he's making an appearance on the pod. Nick liked to coin this. He said, is this going to be like Bill Simmons and his dad when they talk about sports? I'm like, huh, similar, but they're, we're not Boston homers. Anyway, we just got done watching the latest Halloween movie. If uh, scale one to ten, what would you give it? Eight. An eight. Did the first Halloween come out before you were born? No. I can't remember it. when. I don't even remember the first. I was about fourteen. <laughs> <laughs> Did you? Are you from Haddonfield? No, but the next state over. We're both, we're both from Kentucky. Uh, my dad grew up in Kentucky. Do I do a bio? What do I, what kind of bio do I do for you? Grew up in Kentucky. We're born with the basketball in our hand. We were born with the basketball in our hand. It served in the Navy, came back, and then the greatest accomplishment after that was me, probably, right? Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much, I guess. And playing basketball and, three nights a week. And playing basketball all the time. When, when I talk about... Obviously, I've talked about this NBA sport for the past couple years. When I talk about the NBA, it all starts because of this man right here. Growing up, what was our first? What was the first NBA game? So we grew up in Kentucky. 
the closest NBA team was the Pacers. Correct. ABA Pacers at the time. And then you grew up watching it. When what how did you first start watching basketball? Well, at first, you know, there was no none televised, not where I lived. So I listened to them at nighttime on AM radio late at night, like Philadelphia and you know, Boston or something like that. And and then I got a Sports Illustrated with Dr. J signing with the 76ers from the ABA Nets when, you know, the ABA shut down. And But the Kentucky Colonels played in Louisville at Freedom Hall, and that was a really big thing. I mean, we all had red, white, and blue basketballs. We all wanted to be, you know, Louis Dampier, Dan Nisselard, or Gilmore. So my when I... On Twitter and everything, I, I love to promote the ABA because I, I love looking back on the ABA. And this is obviously the reason why we even, while he's in visiting, so he's in visiting for, from um, Kentucky for this week, and we went to a Mavs game together. We'll talk about his Mavs opinions and his takes on current Mavs players. But um, the ABA, while he, were, he was here, or was here this week, we watched uh, like his documentary, The Basketball Love Story, and watched his ABA section and and all that stuff, and we are huge advocates. One day, the Kentucky Colonels will be back in Louisville as an NBA team. I hope so. They're really working on it. Dan Issel has formed this big group in Kentucky, and we've got a fantastic arena, the Yum Center, where the Louisville Cardinals play. So uh, we're all set. I mean, what better state? You know, we have no pro team. Yeah, really? I mean, because when we went to Pacers games growing up, it was what? Four hours away. Memphis is five hours. And, I mean, for us to go to NBA game, I mean, it was I mean, it was like a day trip. We'd go up there. Sometimes did we stay all night yeah. and then come back the next day just to go to an NBA game. And now I live 15 minutes down the road for the arena or wherever. Uh, how and you're close. going to practices. and Yeah, now I can't. Uh, standing courtside all the time. Yes, now it's, it's crazy because I don't know how many I've been to now. But um, but what so when we you started taking me to Pacers games when I was smaller, who's some of the people that we've seen over the years? Uh, probably one of the first couple big stars that you've seen was Reggie Miller and Rick Smiths. Because we randomly, so we weren't huge Pacers fans. We <laughs> we we really just went to Pacers games based off the opponent that was coming in for the most part. Um, so but, somebody different every time, yeah. Yeah, so we but we randomly went to Reggie Miller's retirement, Jersey retirement, and his very last game by accident. Yes, it was a huge deal, and like Pacer fans, it was just they're going nuts, and we're just like, okay, cool that we're here. And that one, I guess they were retiring or something, because Bill Walton, remember all a bunch of legends were down there. Yeah, I do. I remember him like hanging his jersey, going into the rafters and all that. But we saw like we saw Scottie Pippen on the Blazers, um, McGrady, Yao. We saw McGrady and Yao. Gosh, we saw so many people, random players over the years. Um, what's ironic is you went and talked to Paul Gasol for a few minutes one time and. You is like, um, I don't know, I'm going to say 12 or 13. And now you interview him sometimes. <laughs> <I know>. Yeah, <laughs> it's insane. Because I remember when I talked to him, I think I was singing like the national anthem with like a choir or something yeah. uh, at a Memphis game. And uh, that was, um, that's crazy to look back on as a little kid and stuff. We went to, wait, you took, 
The first game I went to, though, was like an exhibition game. Oh, right? yes. The, probably the best one I've been to. Chicago Bulls came in to play the Sacramento Kings at Freedom Hall in Louisville, a preseason game. And um, we sat right behind the Bulls bench, and the tickets were 75 apiece. <laughs> that was my first ever game, Was and I got to see Jordan. <laughs> Yeah, Pippen was sick, and I think Dennis Rodman was sick, but the rest of them were there, and Michael Jordan just standing 10 feet away, like, and he was insane, of course. Mitch Mitch Richmond yeah. for the Kings played. Um, when I, So I talk about Jordan all the time as the GOAT. Can we explain? I've talked about some on this podcast and some on Twitter about the – the videotapes that we have, the VHSs. Can we explain how just how big of a Jordan fan you were? And this is how my love started. <laughs> well, you know, I grew up, uh, of course, I loved the Colonels and had different players a lot, but Dr. J was so exciting. Eventually, you know, NBA started coming on Sunday afternoons, and there was nothing like watching a Sixers game on Sunday afternoon, especially playing Boston or the Lakers, because, you know, Dr. J would just abuse them, but. It's like every time he touched a ball, you almost knew something exciting was going to happen. So anyway, fast forward, when he retired, you know, Jordan was coming along. And it was that same fever. You didn't like Magic? Heck no. (laughs) Keep on going. Magic Johnson is one of the most overrated (laughs) players. I could have been. I could have won championships with his team. His old team was Hall of Famers. Keep on going, Jordan. He had a set shot, and that was it. I could outrun Magic. Was, you could anyway. definitely outrun Magic now. Well, I could back then. It was pitiful. Keep on going. So, uh, yeah, but, you know, the Bulls just, they brought this excitement. I was more, but the thing about Jordan was, it was his work ethic. He was already starting to be better than everybody else. But he, he wanted to go beyond that. Jordan just, he worked so hard. And a lot of people forget that he was like all defensive team, you know, like five or six times. It's insane. You know, I mean. Won a defensive player of the year. Uh, I mean, then. how many superstars? You can't say that about, you know, LeBron and some of these other players. Just Jordan was just insane. And, and at the end of the game, you know, you just knew Jordan was going to end, end the game. You know, he wanted the ball, and you just could not stop him. That's the difference between him and LeBron. I think I got it right to say it because I've seen them all play. And, you know, that's why I just – But you don't think either one of them are the GOAT. No, I do not. Who is the greatest player of all time, <laughs> So Dan? now people's like, oh, my gosh. Well, there's no doubt. You get people that's a lot older than me that's covered the NBA since, like, late 60s or 70s on down, they'd laugh. And they say, are you kidding me? It's no doubt it's Will Chamberlain. The man was insane. His athleticism was just simply off the charts. A man could bench press 400 pounds. Um, his point guards would say in practice, he was, Will was the fastest man on the court. They would run suicides, and he would outrun everybody. We're talking about a guy who's seven foot two and weighed you know 300 pounds. He was just a freak athlete, but he also, to separate him from – you know, Shaq or some of the others, he had a fadeaway bank shot. He had a little jump shot. He had a hook shot. And not only just dunked the ball, but he had a game. But he was just unbelievable. I mean, he had his biggest rebounding game, 55 rebounds, on what most people call the greatest rebounder ever, Bill Russell. 
So, yeah, and you look at his records, they're just insane. And he did play against pretty good people, contrary to what people think. And he was also double and even triple teamed a lot of times. And they played physical back then. Not know this pansy ball now. <laughs> I mean, James Harden and LeBron, they drive in, somebody barely taps them. You know, if they fall down, they get mad. Are you kidding? Even on up in Jordan years, Detroit and them, they would just put Jordan's butt on the floor all the time. The the Wilt stuff, sometimes, Dad, every once in a while, we, Dad and I talk on the phone pretty much every single day. And probably once every couple of weeks, you see some type of new video or uh, another thing about Wilt and a stat line. It'll come up in some a, a new Wilt stat that you'll give me. I'm like, listen how crazy this is. And we were watching this <coughs> documentary uh, a few nights ago, and it was talking about Wilt. And the one of the craziest stats is that he averaged 48 minutes a game for a whole entire season. And that's just stupid. I mean, he went overtime, I think, two or three times that season. And I think he only missed one minute of one overtime of the entire season. This is a 300-pound, 7'2 guy. Not a little point guard that's in really good shape and weighs, you know, 180 pounds. Talking about a really big guy. Can you imagine anybody, let alone a superstar, playing every minute of every game the entire season? And then, you know, that was, I think, one or two seasons he led the league in assist. Yeah. <laughs> That's insane. Wilt's insane. <laughs> he led the league in points and assists in one year. So, okay, going back to Jordan real quick, and then we'll talk all Mavs. When I talk about the videotapes that we have of Jordan's games throughout the 90s, <laughs> all of them. What is it? How many games do we have on VHS taped? Well, on up until, I guess, uh, maybe until he went to the Wizards, I guess. Any game that was televised, we have on VHS. I think throughout I had, the whole, what, throughout the like second three P. No, the first three. Yeah, I think from eighty, eighty eight or eighty nine, somewhere through there, we've got every game. There's three games on every tape. Literally in my dad's closet at his place in Kentucky, there is just containers of VHS is just filed like one by one, just stack, stack, stack. And it literally has the little labels on them. Bulls at Magic, Tuesday, you know, November 30th at, you know, whatever. And the final score, a lot of them has a final score. Or Jordan's, like, stat line somewhere through there. 57 points or something like that. So, yeah, we have Jordan jerseys, Jordan cardboard stand-up that's, like, life-size. And uh, so when I say that I grew up a huge Jordan fan, it you is, didn't have no choice. I didn't have a choice, no. <laughs> I remember, one. I guess the last Jordan title, I remember we, as a kid, we I put on, like, boots, and we, like, ran around the house outside after he won the title because we were so excited. Um, what, what's really odd is we live in the state of Kentucky, okay? So Big Blue Nation, BBN, you know, you're surrounded by U.K. people and then Louisville uh, Cardinals, of course. So the thing about Liz, we're living in a state is dominated by college basketball. So we were one of the few people that liked the NBA better than college. Yeah. And people's like, what? I said, yeah, you know, we like Kentucky. We like Louisville. But no, we want the NBA because the NBA to us was just so exciting. 
and it was these guys just it was you know just so much showtime and yeah that was great and that and i've told the story on the podcast for why i'm a carolina fan and, and why you always give me crap about it because i like the one of the only college basketball i do enjoy is north carolina because i would see these tapes as kids of jordan in these carolina jerseys and watching these old jordan tapes i'm like oh if that's where jordan went then i want to like them and then vince carter and then vince carter which is my favorite um, okay, so we went to the Golden State game on, I guess, this past Sunday. And <clears throat> you got to see some players up close and personal before the game warming up. What did you think about getting to see uh, Durant and Curry and them warm up? Oh, my gosh. Um, you know, I'm, I'm... I got to bring my dad fairly close to the court. Um, well, right on the court. Well, fairly yeah. close to the court <laughs> uh, for, at the beginning uh, during... Uh, not actual warm-ups, but when they're doing their pregame routines and all that stuff. Right. Uh, so it was cool for my dad to see uh, some of these players uh, up close and personal and see how a seven-footer like Durant do what he does. Yeah, so the difference in between like uh, when I used to watch them and like when Isaac was young is, you know, almost all 6'10 and above guys were centers. And they were just centers. You know, like these great centers like Olajuwon or – Yao or you know a David Robinson or someone like that, Patrick Ewing. Big, big country, uh, maybe not big country, but <laughs> <laughs> poster size. Uh, so anyway, but uh, the difference was these guys didn't dribble much and they sure didn't shoot three pointers. I mean, there was a few out there like Bill Embiid or something. But, uh, but anyway, um, but seeing these guys up close, you know, I'm I'm five ten. Isaac's like six one six two, so I'm smaller. So I literally feel like Frodo. When I'm on the sidelines, <laughs> even you know Steph Curry and even JJ Barea, they seem small on TV, but they're still bigger than I am uh, up close. And so I'm looking at everything because I've always stayed in shape, good athlete. So I'm looking at their shoes, I'm looking at their calf muscles, and just stuff like that. And uh, you know the the and I've noticed and I've learned through Isaac and other people that each player has a different warm up, you know situation uh, and it's it's really uh and i would be the same way i guess you know i played for a long time so i had a different thing and if it was i was talking to a guy beside me and i think if i had my way i would be like draymond i'd be wearing my my beats yeah all the way through the game <laughs> playing my favorite music just blocking out everything just doing my you know doing my thing but yeah they, durant is just literally a freak to be seven foot and to do the things he's doing like a shooting guard, it's just it's literally insane. I mean, how do you guard someone like that? <laughs> and we watched Kevin, uh, Kevin Kevon Looney uh, drain threes and then break his first three. And uh, it was a prime lesson for us that um, a lot of players in the league can hit threes during their pregame routine, uh, but when it comes to the game, they're absolutely horrible. Air balls. <laughs> Which I was really shocked. You know, I think Dwight Powell uh, – Shot one air ball the other night, but he actually hit one or two threes. And we was like, holy cow. <laughs> he actually hit one. But something kind of interesting, I was sitting there with eyes for the game. I, I looked up in the in the stand, you know, in the rafters, and I noticed some jerseys up there. And that's my earliest, uh, you know, memories of the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah, so when when – Growing up, what were what was your earliest memories of, of Dallas? Well, I mean, really, to be honest, they was almost in the Clippers category. They were, you know, they were pitiful. But you know, I always remember Orlando Blackman. I mean, he was he was pretty tough. I mean, there's other players, Brad Davis, and some of them, and 
And, uh, but, um, uh, but they were I, just like a normal, I mean, in living in Kentucky, the Mavericks were, it's different. Like if you, if you we barely know, if we yeah. live here, like we would know all of these players like growing up in Kentucky, but like, I mean, they were just a normal, what would they be equivalent to now? The Hawks or probably something like that. I guess. Or, While you're know, growing imagine. up, they're pretty bad. Yeah, they were, they were pretty bad. But you know, once Derek Harper and then Mark Aguirre came and they made the playoffs and you're like, Hey, you know, they're kind of legit. And then, you know, they just kind of was just sort of one of these average or below average teams for a long time until, you know, this Dirt guy came along. Isaac was like around eight years old, I think, and Dirt came over and he just instantly just, you know, let first two or three years, you like, I mean, Dirt Nowitzki really put the Dallas Mavericks on the map to stay on the map. Yeah. I mean, they started being on TV a lot more. And you can see them on TNT or TBS, you know, through the week or something. You're like, holy cow, they're playing the Mavericks. I mean, the Mavericks is going to be on TV. And, and I mean, even in Kentucky, people like Dirk because, I mean, who who wouldn't like Dirk? He was just this nice guy. And then back uh, when Isaac moved down here, we actually won these tickets to meet all the players. And when Vince Carter was here that year, and we got to meet Dirk. And, of course, I was like everybody else. I wanted to meet Dirk. You know, I, I would knock some kids down to get in line. <laughs> and here I would did, at the time, you know, I was like 40-something, I guess. And uh, and Dirk was the nicest guy. He, you know, he was taller than me, I think, sitting down. But he shook my hand and just engulfed my hand. But he had the greatest smile. And I told him, you know, I came all the way from Kentucky to see him. He said, "Oh man, y'all really appreciate that." And he was just an exceptionally nice guy, and I'll never forget that. It was, it was great. How much did we celebrate that 2011 title uh, against the Heat? Oh man, <laughs> that was great because we were kind of Heat haters anyway. So, <laughs> Dad, Dad loves LeBron. No, I do not. <laughs> Guys, y'all know if if you want to know where it comes from, uh, Nick kids me about it all the time because I'll just sprinkle in uh, uh, no LeBron distaste. I like to, I don't like to say I hate him, uh, but just distaste here and there. But uh, Dad shares the same opinion. Newsflash. Um, all right, so let's talk about the actual Mavericks. So we watched the Golden State game, which ended up being a crazy game. Can you fully admit, because there for the longest time, you wouldn't you wouldn't agree with me when I said Steph Curry is the greatest shooter of all time. Can you fully admit that now? Probably. You know, I've sat down before or when I'm going down the road, I try to think of all the greatest shooters I've ever seen. And, you know, I've seen some really good shooters out there, but some of them were like streaky. And then uh, some of them was just really good, like set shooter some. But I've never seen a player, and you got to remember, I've been watching it for uh, you know 30, 35 years. I've never seen a player that can just come down and just pop up a 35-footer and pretty much no one is going in. Yeah, you know, just like last night when we watched him on TV, yeah, he probably comes down and shoots some little crazy ones sometimes. But when you're hitting a lot of them, I guess you can get away with that. But being up close down on the court the other night – he just he makes it look so effortlessly, the dribbling and just just shooting. Uh, really, I mean, we saw Steve Nash one time, and he was just kind of talking to someone on the court, shooting threes, warming up. This is when he played with the Suns, and he had 13 threes in a row, just kind of while he's talking to people. <laughs> yeah. and it was insane. He made it look so easy, and but Curry, I mean, you just move about 10 more feet out. 
and he makes it look easy from 10 more feet out. But plus, you know, he drives in and just does some crazy layups and scoop shots. So, uh, yeah, it's it's just hard to see a, someone make uh, it look, you know, that easy sometimes. And, uh, it's, it's impressive. But the Mavericks, to me, since, say, a year ago, yeah, I, uh, I've seen some players make some strides. With it, we're gonna, I'm gonna go through individual players here and there, um, but you've went to I've lived in Dallas almost five years now, and you come down a couple times a year for the most part, and probably catch two or three games a year maybe, and um, you've seen different players. We've seen different players. You've seen the Rockets, Warriors, Kings, uh, a couple different teams. I think the Timberwolves one time too, uh, Towns and them. Um, so I went to. I'm going to throw at you a Mavs player, and you tell me what your opinion is on him or tell me what you think about him. So Wesley Matthews in the last year of his deal, what do you think about Wes right now? Uh, He's streaky. plays good defense, I think. And when I see him in person, he was a little bit more bulked up than I thought he was. But um, Are you in favor of the new headband? No. (laughs) I mean, it just reminds me of a couple guys I play with back at home. (laughs) Uh, at the park or somewhere. It's but not even a headband. It's like a bandana or something. I'm just or, surprised or the NBA lets them get away with it. Yeah. But whatever. You know. Do you think Wesley Matthews will be on the team past the trade deadline? Uh, I think they could trade him and it wouldn't hurt anything probably. <laughs> I mean, but he had some he had some killer threes down the you know down the stretch sometimes that you're like no 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 oh yes great shot yeah. <laughs> And but you know so he just I mean sometimes when in Kentucky if I if I don't talk to you I look at the stats I'm like oh man Weston Matthews had 29 last night the next night he had seven I mean uh, yep yep I just uh, <laughs> I just wish we had somebody maybe a little bit more consistent I guess back uh, back last year <laughs> what I t- we went to a game together and I live tweeted uh, or I did some quotes from you <laughs> about certain players. You actually were kind of pro Dwight Powell Sunday night against the Warriors. I yes. I say pro, but you were more like, why isn't he good? I think his form, his shooting form, is 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 good. Well, first of all, he's got a body that's insane. I mean, dudes could be in a GQ magazine probably. He's just got this cut up. He almost looks like uh, a younger, like a you mini know, like, David Robinson. Yeah, David Robinson. He just cut up like him, and then in warmups. He's actually got a really pretty shot, and his free throw is really good too. But of course, I know game time pressure is different. But last year Insert when I was Kevon here, Looney. yeah, but you know, last year when I seen him play, I mean, remember he was throwing the ball like up in the stands, passes, <laughs> and they were just going. I mean, him and McGee together. I mean, one time it just it was almost comical. You're like, man, they're gonna be on. You know some YouTube highlight again, but this is why I like getting my dad's opinion. I'm asking about these players because um, you probably you probably see what five to six full Mavs games a year. Yeah. If a game's on national television or something, or it's a good game on, I'll tell I'll call you and be hey, turn it on, watch. So I like seeing after two of these past games, the Warriors, and then we watch the Spurs. Your opinions on these players because it's fun because a lot of fan bases have. A lot of the fan base has the same opinions, so it's cool seeing a fan perspective of this. From someone in another state. Yeah. Yeah, but I think Dwight's improved some. I really did. I mean, yeah, he hustles a lot more. I mean, he was diving on the floor a couple times the other night, and I just think maybe someone like him, if he got more of a chance to play, he might be even better. But Who would win in a three-point shootout, you or Dwight Powell? Please. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm not pregnant, you know. I'm, I'm shooting threes all night long, but you know, I'm a smaller guy too. You were actually quite impressed with DeAndre Jordan. Yeah, because believe it or not, because we, I send my dad. Um, my dad gets raw, uncut Isaac on the Mavs um, because I can't obviously share everything on this pod, uh, every single one of my harsh opinions sometimes. So my dad gets texts and video clips and gifts texts to him, be like, oh my gosh, look at this. And we have shared some conversation about DeAndre Jordan's defense and stuff, but uh, you're actually kind of impressed. I was kind of impressed too with his effort. But I definitely was because, you know, I've seen some games this year where people bring it in and DeAndre just standing there. You know, I wasn't actually a big Shaq fan, but one thing about Shaq or Alonzo Mourning, Robinson, Lajuan, when somebody brought it anywhere near the go, they were knocking people down to get to that ball to swat it or just make them eat it. And DeAndre, the dude seven foot, can jump out of the freaking gym, and he just hardly ever goes. And then when they do a pick and roll, a switch off, he gives somebody like 10 feet. I'm like, step up on them, jump or something. You're, you know, you you inspector gadget with yeah. arms and, but um, so yeah, I just think somebody making that much money should be doing giving everything he has out there. But when I came in and watched the other night, I was impressed. He was getting offensive boards. He was doing follow up jams. He was cutting the lane. They was getting lobs. He dove after the ball a couple of times and he was trying to block shots. I was like. Wow, maybe it's maybe just against the Warriors. I mean, <laughs> yeah. they bring out sometimes it brings out the best in you, playing the best. So yeah, I was, I was really surprised, and I really didn't know he could shoot free throws that well. Yeah, he's yeah. gotten a lot better at him this year. With other random Mavericks, Maxi, anything about Maxi? Maxi's a hustler. What about that dunk he had in the Warriors game? We're like, whoa, he jumped like way out of the paint and glided. Hand crammed it, and man, he shoots, he hustles. He actually played pretty good D on uh, you know Durant and some of them the other night and yeah I mean I think he he plays with a lot of heart so yeah I like him I like him a lot and of course our rookie you know he's not bad uh, I'm saving him for last uh, anything on Harrison Barnes Harrison is just to me just smooth uh, sometimes I think I, Dad gets to hear all my praise about Harrison and but and I just how, how I wish sometimes it. he's a little bit more vocal and had a little bit more fire in him. Um, Harrison, you can just tell, and plus I do know he's he's a smart guy, and um, I've I've seen his dribbling. You know, we watch warm ups, and um, he's with uh, what's uh, Shaman, uh, God Shame God. Yeah, God Shame God. Can't for, I can't forget <laughs> that name. He's working out with him, but his um, Harrison's ball handling, uh, just his dribbling between the laser, that's improved because I know from you know. Back in North Carolina days or Golden State, he didn't, he wasn't doing that, but and just driving on people. So I know he's a great scorer, but um, it's the other things that people kind of complain about is that he doesn't pass as well or do some other things. But he's a good scorer, though. Yeah, I think he's solid. I'd like to keep him. Last but not least, Luka Doncic. Okay, so when Luka came into the league, I'm just like anybody else, just like when LeBron. You know, was in high school or, you know, he was coming to the NBA. They were already just saying he's the greatest thing since, you know, popcorn. And I was like, no, I don't think so. He's got to prove it first, you know. And so I say that about every player. And But Luca, you know, uh, last year I was watching him, highlights of him playing overseas. I'm like, this kid is how old? I mean, you know, of course he's a foot taller than I am, but, you know, the kid was only 18 at the time and, 
and then he's playing in these championships over and winning an MVP. I mean, we're talking about guys that's 30 and 35 years old, these veterans over there. and I mean, it's just insane. But seeing him up close and he doesn't, you know, he's not flying down the court like you might see Kyrie Irving or something like that. But he almost is like a taller, thicker uh, Curry, maybe just a little slower because he he kind of makes it look easy. It's like he doesn't get too um, too tore up about stuff. He doesn't get too excited, but he makes things look easy, and you can tell he's smart. And then all of a sudden, it's it hits you. You know, the guy's nineteen years old. You know, you're thinking he's maybe you know twenty seven, twenty nine years old somewhere through there because, and I when Dallas drafted him. I told Isaac, you know, I was like, man, you're actually getting a veteran. You're getting a really, really young veteran. This is awesome. And look, I mean, it's, you know, I don't want to say I was right, but, you know, look at him. And I said, as soon as he starts getting a groove and meshing with everybody the team, it's going to get better and better. And they're going to have to start building stuff around him, you know, because Dirk's moving, you know, moving out and he's moving in. And, man, he just does some stuff and – I mean, fadeaway threes, like it ain't nothing, you know. Yeah, and it's kind of like what you said with Dirk. Of Dirk put him on the map and made people start watching him, and now Dirk's fading out and the new person of putting the Mavericks, keeping them on the map is is here, it looks like. All right, settle <coughs> Luca's nickname. Uh, Should it be anything else besides Luca? I don't think so. Uh, you know, that he just got that one name. That who else has that name in the league? You know, who else has the name Luca? You know, it's like, you know, do they call LeBron anything else? No, no. Well, I mean King James, but still they just call him LeBron. Yeah, a lot of people don't use that no more though. But I mean Dirk, there's no more Dirks. I mean, you can call people whatever, but I just think the name Luca. You just, I mean, it's like you know Messi. Or, you know, Pele or something like that. I mean, they just got that, you know, that one name, you know, Madonna. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to end on the Madonna part. Thank you so much for coming on the pod. Thanks for having me. You fly back tomorrow, and it's going to be a sad day for myself and uh, my son. But anyway, until next time, there it is, a, a chat with my dad on all kinds of NBA stuff and his Mavericks players takes after two games. Peace out. Go Mavs. Peace out.